welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom will tell us how he finally found peace and security in the Lord Jesus Christ, a name he was told to reject. Let's listen in. If you ever want to say that word again, you can't come here. I thought, well, that's a non-starter. So I went back home, back to the Sunday paper. I'm looking, where can I go? I see that there's a, a, a movie going to be shown on Israel in a Baptist church. Now, I'd always been taught, because my grandfather was a rabbi in Petersburg, Virginia, churches are not the place for Jews to go. That that's where they make the crosses for the Ku Klux Klan that they burn outside of your home and they chase you away saying you killed our God. So you do not as a Jew ever go to a church. A Catholic church down in Mexico to go see the gold that's on the, the wall, the Vatican, that's one thing. But any other church, Jews don't go. So I'm thinking to myself, well, it's a church, it's a Baptist church, but it's a movie on Israel It's the Jewish homeland. How anti-Semitic could that be? So I said to myself, all right, um, I'll give it a shot. So I went to the church to see the movie on Israel. I sat in the back row, very close to the door. My plan was, watch the movie, get out fast. So I sit there, I watched the movie. It was a Billy Graham film called His Land on Israel. Good movie. And I'm ready to go. Movie stops. I'm getting up, starting to go out. A little old lady comes up to me. And she puts her hand on my shoulder. And she says, you're Jewish, aren't you? Immediately I get terrified. And I said, what, what, how do you know? What do I have, the map of Jerusalem on my face? Why do you say I'm Jewish? And she, she says, no, relax, relax. She says, she says, the grandmother of our pastor was Jewish. They'll go, oh, okay. So I agreed to meet with the pastor. So I go to his office, talking with him. I'm telling him all the things, or many of the things that I've been saying right now about what I've been reading, what's been happening to me. I don't tell him about my dirty feeling in my heart. Oh, no, 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 that's personal. Certainly don't tell him about the memories. Just tell him about my interest in the Bible. And he's saying to me, he says like this, you know, it's very interesting what you're saying because you're telling me that you believe things in the Bible. I said, yeah. And he said, you know, let me show you a verse. And he opens up his Bible, and he turns to uh, the book of John, and the very first chapter of John. He says, I want to show you a verse, and I want you to zero in on two words. And actually, the verse that he showed me is interesting when you look at the verse before it. He showed me verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 says, he came unto his own. He explained to me, those are the Jewish people. And he said, and his own received him not. And I'm thinking, yeah, sounds like an understatement to me. But then he says, I want you to look at verse 12. But as many as received him. He said, now I want you to grab that word received. As many as received him. To them gave he power or authority to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name. Grab that second word, believe. He says, you got it? You see the first word, but as many as received him. You got the second one? Even to them that believe 
on his name. I said, yeah. He said, you're telling me you believe a lot of things in this book. Yeah. He said, it's kind of like this. He said, I can tell you, I have a book here, and I'd like to give you the book. And you can tell me you believe that. That you believe that I want to give you the book. And you can say, you must be a very nice man to want to give me the book. He said, but until you take the book out of my hand, you haven't received it. So I said, what does that mean? He said, have you ever received the Lord Jesus Christ? I said, I don't even quite understand what you just said, receive the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, how do you do that? He said, well, I'll tell you. He said, you have to pray to God. I go, okay. When you pray to God, you have to hit four points. I said, what are those? First, you have to tell God you're a sinner. I said, look, you don't know me, and I don't really have an intention of telling you everything about my past, but I said, just trust me. Me to tell God that I'm a sinner is no problem. I can tell God I'm a sinner. If God doesn't know, I can give him a list. And he said, second, you got to tell God that you hate your sin. I said, again, you don't know me, but you don't know how much I hate my sin. It is causing, it is driving me crazy. I have a disease inside of feeling dirty. Third, you have to tell God you believe the record. The record very simply is that God became a man, a perfect man, the only perfect man, so that he could become the Lamb of God the perfect Lamb of God, so that he could die for your sins, so that you could put your trust in his death, so that you could look on his death on the cross and say, that's my blood, that's the blood that I'm, te- that I'm relying on. And when God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you and skip over you, he says, you, you got a bean in your heart, that blood. When I see that blood, because you're got your faith in his death. He said he he came for that reason, and then he was raised from the dead on the third day, which proved that God was satisfied, the Father was satisfied with his death. And the fourth thing is really the most important. It's where you transfer from being a spectator to a participant. A spectator is someone who just sees all this, who just knows the information, who just is familiar with the facts. But a participant is someone who steps out of the spectator's seat and says, I'm in. That's me. That's for me. He said, that's when you say, you take the door of your heart and you swing it open and you say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Savior, be my personal Savior, be the God of my life. He said, that's what you got to do. That's how you receive him. Are you willing to do that? And he waited. And I said, I thought to myself, I've got this disease. I've tried everything to get rid of it. Nothing has worked. This man is telling me This is how I can receive the Lamb of God. The Bible tells me that he is the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. I said, yes, I'm willing to do that. And I bowed my head, and in the 
he, he said, don't worry about the words. I'll give you the words. Just, just repeat them. But make sure that when you repeat them, you're really saying those things in your heart to God, not just for me to hear. So I bowed my head and I prayed the sinner's prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I hate my sin. I believe that you as God became a man so that you could be the perfect man, qualified, and you went to a cross as a man and you died for my sins. And then on the third day, you rose again from the dead. And now, Lord, I take the door of my heart and I swing it open. I throw down the weapons of my warfare against you. I surrender. And I say, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Be my personal Savior. Be my God forever. Please save me from my sins. Thank you. Your Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And I lifted my eyes from that prayer immediately. That feeling of defilement, of dirtiness, of uncleanness, gone, just left, never has returned again. It's been 40 years. Never came back again. Oh, I didn't get amnesia. I can remember what I did in my shameful past. I can remember that. But the effect isn't there. The consequent feeling of defilement and dirtiness is gone. It's like a sting from a bee was extracted from me. And I was free. That's the first thing that happened. The second thing that happened was that somehow I knew, but I didn't understand how, but I knew that God and me are on talking terms. And I never knew that before. There was a freedom, and I said to myself, God can be my friend. We can develop a relationship together. We're on talking terms. I said thank you to the pastor, and I walked out. I know now. That was the day in September 1970 when life began for Tom Cantor. That was a day when from heaven, Tom Cantor's birth certificate was written. That's when I was born the second time. I was 19 years old and I was born the second time. That was life. And since that time, it's been a wonderful life. I'm the student. God's the teacher. We're friends. He teaches me so much. He shows me. He holds me by my hand. When I'm alone, he's there. That's who the Lord Jesus Christ has become to me. My God, my Savior, my friend. You know, it says Abraham was a friend of God. It's a great thing to be able to say, God's a friend of mine. But it's true. Because the warfare's over. Because the sin has gone because all the offenses have been forgiven, because God's righteousness has become mine, like I put it on as a coat, because of the cross. Because there at the cross, 
God had become a man, took my sins upon him, and died for my sins. And I was justified. And I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything except tell him I was a sinner and tell him I hated my sin and tell him I believed what the Bible said and I did. And then invite him into my heart. That's all I did. But he saved me. But he made me a child of God. But he justified me. But he gave me eternal life. But he adopted me. All that happened. That's what God did when I came his way. His plan of salvation. The one that Moses laid out in the book of Exodus. Because when he saw the blood, he transferred me from the category slated for death in hell to the category slated for adoption in heaven. That was a wonderful day. You know, it's so important to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you a true story that happened to me. I was living in Lakeside, just outside of San Diego. And we were living for our business on the side of a hill with 300 goats. And our neighbor was a retired officer in the Navy, and his name was Larry Rust. Larry was, was a nice neighbor, but Larry just didn't want to hear anything about God. I tried a couple times. He cut me off pretty short, pretty fast. So I never really spoke to him. Well, one day I got noticed that... Uh, Larry got prostate cancer, and he was in the hospital. He was in Balboa Hospital, downtown San Diego, Naval Hospital. And so I thought, oh, no, I've never really talked to Larry about the Lord Jesus Christ before. He's got prostate cancer. So I went down there. I had my big black Bible and went down to Navy Hospital. It's the old Navy Hospital, and cancer patients were in the basement at that time. And I went down there, and... I saw the nurse, and I said, can you tell me where Larry Rust's room is? She said, sure, it's over there. So I went down there, and like I said, I was holding my big black Bible, and as soon as I get into the doorway, I mean, I didn't even get into the room. As soon as I get into the doorway, Larry sees me, he sees my big black Bible, and he says, no, no God, no God, get out of here, no Bible, no God. And he was yelling the top of his lungs. And it was embarrassing. And I said, okay, okay, Larry, okay, okay, I'm going, I'm going, I'm gone, okay. And I turned around and I left. I figured, well, I'll give Larry a few days and he'll cool off. And so I did, waited some time, went back, so I'll try again. And uh, I went there, found a nurse. I said, excuse me, can you tell me where Larry Rust is? And she looks at me and she goes, and who wants to know? I thought, this is strange. So I looked at her and I said, Tom? And then she looked at me and she goes, Oh, so you're Tom. I thought, this is stranger. And she said to me, Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Tom. I said, yeah. She said, Larry Russ died last night, she said, but all through the night, he screamed at the top of his lungs, Tom, Tom, where's Tom, where's Tom, bring Tom, bring Tom. And I turned around, walked out, and I said to myself, that's not going to happen again. I'm going to make sure 
I'm going to get the gospel to people like Larry Rust before it's too late. Everybody has their own story. And there's many, many people, and I've heard many, many, many stories about how people have come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And they come from many different directions. I've heard the Muslim direction. I've heard the African animus direction. I've heard the down and outers direction. I've heard the up and outers direction. But many, many people, and there are many roads to the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one road to God that's through the Lord Jesus Christ to God, but there are many roads to Him. I just told you about my road of how I came to the Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? How about you, my friend? You can come too. Because He's got a place for you. And he wants, he wants you. He loves you. His heart's breaking for you. He wants you back. He wants you back. And he made a way for you to come back. Because he came down here and became a man. He didn't have to do that. And he endured a lot. He didn't have to do that. This is God, the creator, the Lord Jesus Christ, enduring all of that because he wants you back. Because he can see that day when you return And he's going to be so happy. And he went to a cross. And he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to walk up that road, but he did it. He could have stopped any time. He could have said, you know what? It's not worth it. Game over. I'm finished. I'm gone. He could have, but he didn't. He kept going the whole way. When they took his hands, they didn't have to wrestle him down on the cross. He gave his hands. He gave his feet. It hurt. He was nailed to a cross And God the Father, when he became sin for you, turned his face away. And he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He was forsaken by God. It was the most painful thing he ever, ever did or will ever endure for all eternity when he was separated from God the Father because of your sin, because of my sin. And he fought like a great warrior, a man of war, on that cross, enduring it all. They offered him narcotic at the beginning of his execution. He said, no, I won't, because I'm going to taste death for every man. He tasted death for you. And then, when it was all finished, and he realized he had done the work of redemption, his last words were, It's finished. And then he gave up the ghost and he died for you. And the father looked on it all and he had one word, satisfied. In Hebrew, dainu, it's enough. And he rose him from the dead. And now he's calling your name. And he's saying, won't you come home? Won't you please come home? Come back to God. Come to God. Be saved from your sins. God's waiting for you. Will you do it? Will you do it today? Will you do it right now? If you're willing to, bow your head with me, please, and pray with me from your heart to God. Pray these words. Lord Jesus, 
I've been running from you all my life. My sin, with all of its guilt, has tricked me, and I am a sinner. I have sinned against you. I'm a sinner. I hate my sin. I believe, Lord, what you wrote in your book, that you, as God, became a man, a perfect man, so that you could be the Lamb of God. And you went to a cross willingly, and you laid down your life, and you died for my sins. And on the third day, you rose again. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I take hold of the door handle of my heart and I swing the door wide open to you without reservation and I pray, please, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Savior, my God forever. Please, Lord, save my soul from my sins. Thank you for doing it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer from God to your heart the best way you can, because God is all about helping the weak. He's all about helping. He's all about being forced. If you prayed that prayer, God saved you. Because the Bible says, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved, and you can take it to the bank. You can depend on God. So you're a child of God. Tom, you made it sound so simple how to become a friend of God. You didn't talk about getting a theological degree, doing good works, or even joining a church. You just talked about a prayer. Is it really that simple? Friend, you might be wondering also exactly what was just asked. Is it really that simple? It is that simple. And you know why it's that simple? It's because God made it simple. There's a great verse which is found in 2 Chronicles 7, actually two verses, verses 14 through 15. And here God says this. He says, if my people, who are my people? The people of God, the Jewish people. If my people, which are called by my name, they're called the God of Israel, the people of the God of Israel. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves. Why? Because God resists the proud. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, Mine eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. That's because God has made it so simple. He says, all you have to do 
is humble yourself because you can't come to God proud. Humble yourself. Pray. Reach out from yourself. Stretch out to God. Seek the face of God. Seek the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn from your wicked ways. Then God says, if you do that, he says, I'll hear you from heaven. I'll forgive your sin. I'll heal you. My eyes will be open. My ears will be attent to your prayer. God says, I'm going to look. I'm going to listen when I see that you've humbled yourself, when I see that you've prayed, when I see you're really seeking my face, you're taking me seriously. Then God says, I'm there for you. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. When we meet again, Tom will continue with more Bible truths that will strengthen our friendship with God. If you'd like to learn more about Tom Cantor or Israel Restoration Ministries, visit our websites at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org. There you'll find more resources to help you with your friendship with God. Thanks for listening and join us again at this same time.